VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Game On! Business Talk Radio with your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Our program is not afraid to discuss the more controversial business ideas and topics. Get ready for an unfiltered discussion of problems and solutions that today's businesses, large or small, face daily. Now, here is Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Hi, top of the morning to you. This is D. Anthony Miles. This is uh, Game On! Business Talk Radio. And we have a great show for you today, so uh, get some coffee, have a seat. You, you're not going to want to miss this show, and uh, you're going to need a Bible and a seatbelt. <laughs> we got a great show today. Our show today, the topic of our show today is uh, bad bosses and workplace bullies, the rising problem at the workplace. And uh, I was fascinated by this topic because I have conducted research on this, and I have, been, I have presented at conferences uh, about this topic and uh, I'm a little perplexed as to why this happens still in the workplace with some of the legislation and the laws that we have on the books. And uh, what I'm finding out is workplace bullying tends to be more common than I realized. I didn't realize some of the uh, consequences of it, the, the consequences to the organizations and to uh, the victims and also the perpetrators. Some of the things we're going to talk about today is um, why does workplace bullying happen? in the organizations today. What is a typical profile of a workplace bully? What is the typical profile of a workplace bully victim? So we're going to talk about that today and some uh, interesting tidbits that I want to give you today. Beyond the childhood memories at the uh, schoolyard bullying, workplace bullying is alive and well in American companies. Workplace bullying has a rich history in American culture. Uh, it has gained national attention do the certain cinematic uh, uh, movies, such as, um, what was the movie that I showed my class? The Devil Wears Prada, other movies like uh, Horrible Bosses. And uh, it's definitely a part of American culture. Doesn't make it right that it's part of the culture. Some of the other interesting facts that you want to know about uh, workplace bullying. Employers actually pay a heavy price for workplace bullying. Human resources specialist Emily Bassman found that the uh, employee abuse can have a major bottom line consequences for employers, including direct costs or indirect costs and opportunity costs. Also, high turnover and absenteeism affects organizations. And it also, what I didn't know in some of the uh, research that I conducted for the show is it affects employee relations and it also affects customer relations. Uh, workplace bullying also has residual effects on bullying, such as uh, on the organization, such as performance, uh, negative effect on the overall organization, negative effect on the uh, face of the organization, because obviously employees leave and they talk. Also, employers, uh, it would not would be wise for employers to ignore workplace bullying or ignore that problem that's going on in the organization. Some of the things that I found out when I was uh, doing the research is um, it's almost like a silent crime. And it's uh, most employees actually tolerate workplace bullying or they uh, tolerate it to the point where uh, they're afraid to be terminated. 
They're afraid to speak up. They're afraid to take any type of grievance action through the uh, organizational process or the uh, examine the organizational organization's policies. So one of the interesting things that I also found out is that the bully is actually tolerated in the workplace. And the taking action against the workplace bully, especially if he's in a uh, supervisory role or management position, is very difficult. And some of the other studies that I read uh, stated that uh, bu- victims tend to do one or two things. They tend to either not do anything about it, or when they do try to retaliate or stand up for themselves against the bully, that is almost at their peril because they'll be uh, immediately terminated. And the, uh, and the bully, because he's in a management role, can take specific uh, actions that uh, cannot be detected in terms of EEOC laws. Uh, this one of the other things that I found out that was interesting about workplace bullying is that it's almost lawsuit proof. It's very hard to prove in court. It's very hard to uh, litigate against. I don't know, uh, some attorneys will not handle a workplace bullying case because they tend to think it's uh, the eye of the beholder. Some other interesting things that I uh, came across is some common mistakes that uh, organizations make in dealing with workplace bullies. Number one is management often seeks to appease the bully, assuming that his or her aggressive behavior will cease when a bully is given what they want. I found that very interesting. Another interesting fact, bullies will blame only the target in the effort to stop the target from complaining. Now, that's really interesting. Another point, management may mistakenly believe that the problems will go away if the bully's behavior is ignored. This is a response that the bully goes unpunished. So they're actually sending a message stating that the bully, uh, if they ignore it, they'll go away and a bully, will, I guess, he'll have a divine intervention and decide not to uh, do it anymore, which uh, doesn't necessarily happen. Another interesting point. Managers will often emphasize teamwork, ignore the individual effort. This strategy makes it easy for the bully to accuse the target of not being a team player. And another point, believing that the uh, group means taking the word of multiple employees over the, over the uh, victim. So the victim is also dealing with the issue of uh, the team versus me. Why is everybody else okay but you? Another interesting fact. High turnover and absenteeism often result from workplace bullying. But uh, what I did, what I did find fascinating is that there are major two types of uh, workplace bullying. There's the individual bullying, bullying the uh, one person to one person. Normally, it's a boss doing it to a, uh, another employee or a subordinate. Uh, it could be peer to peer. And you also have group bullying, which is uh, commonly known as mobbing. Mobbing uh, often occurs when uh, one bully spreads rumors through innuendo, public discrediting, create a hostile environment to the target, also gathers others to uh, go along and participate in this behavior, and often uh, forces a person out of a job, which is something that I uh, was not aware of in my research. The bully uh, can and always does have some power in the uh, organization. And uh, the, if the bully can be taken more seriously, we may, have, we may be able to change some of the laws on the books. 
But another issue is that the idea that someone can behave in an uncontrollable manner can cause a workplace bullying to be, it needs to be examined. One of the questions that we might ask ourselves is, can this behavior be addressed through human resources or organizational policies? Well, if uh, the American corporations have a history of tolerating workplace bullying, one of the things that we want to examine is, if it's been happening as long as it has, why is it still happening in a digital age? And uh, what I also found out in my research, uh, bullying can take many forms. It can be uh, direct, it can be indirect. So one of the things that I noticed in in the research for the show is there's basically three characters involved with workplace bullying. There's obviously the bully who's uh, interested in power, interested in control, or protecting their turf. Then you also have the victim. Uh, Victims tend to be uh, the target of a bully for certain reasons. It could be uh, someone is threatening them by their talent. It could be someone has uh, something that they want. It could be relationship-based. Lastly, what I found interesting is the third component of this are bystanders. Bystanders are typically people that stand around and observe this behavior and either do something about it or don't do something about it. And it kind of goes back to the mobbing uh, uh, criteria when all the group of people in the organization tend to gang up on one. So let me throw some interesting uh, statistics at you. Some tactics that bullies use. Falsely accuse someone of errors. Actually, not actually made, 71%. He stared, glared, or non-verbally intimidating uh, someone, 68%. Discounted a person's thoughts or feelings, uh, 64%. Use a silent treatment or ice someone out, 64%. Exhibited presumably uncontrollable mood swings in front of a group, 61%. Made up rules on the fly. 61%. Started, stopped, or failed destructive rumors or gossip about a person. 86%. Singled out, isolated one person from coworkers, easily socially or physically. 54%. Publicly display gross, undignified, but illegal or not illegal behavior, more unethical behavior. 53%. Yelled, screamed, threw tantrums in front of others to humiliate a person, 53%. Stole credit for work done by others, 47%. Abused the evaluation process by lying about a person's performance, 46%. Declared the subordinate, excuse me, declared target insubordinate for failing to follow arbitrary commands, 46%. Used confidential information about an employee, to humiliate them privately and publicly, 45%. I found those uh, statistics on that behavior, uh, some of the tactics that bully use, quite interesting. And uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about with our experts is what makes this happen? Why do bullies tend to exist? Uh, what the profile of a bully may look like? What the profile of a uh, victim may look like? And also, uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, why does the uh, bystanders uh, dynamic happen? Why do people stand around and uh, watch this behavior and tolerate it? Some other interesting facts that I'm going to go over with you. The idea that someone can be a bully at work 
is still not resonating with the uh, the legal system because one of the things about the EOC laws is that bullying really hasn't been uh, identified as a behavior as of yet. Uh, there may be some states that have bullying laws, but one of the problems is it's, uh, it goes back to how do you prove it? How do you how do you uh, can you discredit someone for stating they're being bullied at work? And uh, it's kind of like the uh, issue with the schoolyard bully. As bullies become more uh, sophisticated and bullying, they get better at it. They can do it uh, in different ways. It can be nonverbal. It can be verbal. It can be, and I didn't also know there was a such thing as cyberbullying. And one of the things that I find interesting about cyberbullying is that uh, if you want to bully someone over the Internet or social media, one of the ways I've seen this done is uh, type in text in all caps or making disparaging remarks about someone uh, through social media. So bullying at the workplace is really quite more damaging than uh, we often realize because they can also do things on social media. They can also intimidate people at the workplace through nonverbal behavior, not as well as uh, verbal behavior. So our guests today are going to help us understand why this behavior happens and what we can do about it and some some possible solutions to the workplace bullying problem. Um, another, Another thing that I found that was interesting is there seems to be a lot of blame to the victim. When I was uh, doing research for the show, one of the things that I found fascinating is uh, most people that you talk about workplace bullying with in terms of uh, the bullying as a behavior problem, uh, one of the things that I uh, uncovered was bullies tend or people that see the situation in totally different from a totally different perspective would normally say, well, that person may be overly sensitive. That person uh, may be taking this the wrong way. Maybe that person uh, maybe is not a good fit for organization. But uh, what I found is most of the time uh, victims are blamed for the problem, not necessarily the bully. And also something that I found interesting is uh, people tend to have, uh, I don't know if uh, is it a nonchalant or cavalier attitude about bullying. Uh, also, I found something very interesting that uh, female bullies may be more dangerous than male bullies. Uh, female bullies can probably circumvent policy and do certain things that male bullies can't. And uh, most of the time, from based on the research that I have seen, normally bullying is done by males as opposed to females, but there are female bullies. Also, something that I want to uh, make you aware of is that managers often tend to emphasize teamwork. So if we have a bully and you want to emphasize teamwork, how does that fit the dynamic of teamwork? Can you, uh, can you identify a bully? Can a, can a person that's in an organization identify that behavior? Because the behavior, sadly, can sometimes be based on what you see in a situation. It may not necessarily be bullying. Well, if bullies are sophisticated in their, their uh, I would say, uh, uncontrollable behavior. Is that really bullying? Uh, you have a manager that comes into uh, the office in the morning. And he speaks to everybody but refuses to speak to you. The ice and out type of behavior. Is that really bullying? That's one of the problems that we have with the laws on the books. We, can we really legislate behavior? Can you really 
uh, mandate how someone is supposed to act in a in a work environment. Also, some some other uh, interesting information that I found out about bullying is that uh, it may or may not be industry uh, specific. It may be in certain industries that have uh, that may be, uh, I guess, conducive to that type of behavior. So what we're going to do, we're getting ready to take our break. What we're going to do is we'll come back uh, on the second segment. We'll talk about uh, workplace bullying, and we're going to have our guests. And uh, I'll see you next segment. This is D. Anthony Miles with Game On. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Awesome. Hi, we're back. This is our Game On Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles. Let me introduce our guest for our show today. We have... Dr. David T. Cadden, he's a professor at uh, Quinnipiac University in uh, Hamden, Connecticut. He has 30 years of experience of uh, consulting and teaching. He has a Ph.D. and an MBA from Baruch uh, College and a B.S. in civil engineering from Polytech Institute of New York University. He is also co-author of Small Business Management in the 21st Century with his wife, Dr. Sandra Lorder. Thank you for being here, Dr. Cadden. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Our next expert is we have Dr. Jackie Gilbert. She's a professor at Middle State, excuse me, she's a professor at Middle Tennessee State University. Her research area is uh, cross-cultural studies, human resource management, diversity, gender issues. She has a PhD and MBA from the University of Houston. All right, we got a Texan. (laughs) 
and she has a BBA in management from the University of Texas at Austin. She has published articles with the Academy of Management Executive, Sex Roles, Journal of Applied Social Psychology, Human Resources Planning, Journal of Business Ethics, Group and Organization uh, Management, and Business Horizon. Dr. Gilbert, thank you for being here. Thank you. Good to be here. All right. Our last guest is uh, Dr. Linda Henman. She's owner of Henman Performance Group, a consulting firm. She has more than 30 years' experience consulting organizations. She has worked with some major firms such as Emerson Electric, Avon, SSM Healthcare, and Tyson Foods. She has a Ph.D. in organizational systems, uh, two M.A. degrees in interpersonal communication and organizational development, and she has a B.S. in uh, communication. She is the author of Landing in the Executive Chair, How to Excel in the Hot Seat, and also the Magnetic, the magnetic Boss, How to Become a Leader When No One Else uh, Wants to Leave. Thank you for being here, Dr. Linda Hinman. Thank you so much. How's everybody today? Very well, thank you. Awesome. Well, I'm going uh, to ask you some questions, and I'd like for you guys to respond. Uh, first, I want to ask you... Uh, why does workplace bullying happen in a workplace? Why does that happen? And uh, Dr. Cadden, you can go first, and then we'll go down the line. Well, I think there are several issues. It, it may be an aspect of human nature. Uh, okay. Second issue is because uh, organizations allow it to happen. Uh, Interesting. Organizations allow it to happen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you had alluded to the fact that um, the extent of bullying may uh, exist at differential levels in different types of organizations. Yes. And some of the re- uh, research indicates that it seems to be a little more prevalent in healthcare institutions, legal institutions, and commission sales. So they may be types of organizations that perceive that aggressive, quote unquote, aggressive management behavior is necessary for success, and therefore they don't define it as bullying. Interesting. Dr. Gilbert, what do you you have? Well, I think the incivility occurs because it's considered in some cases to be a low-stakes game. People think they're going to get away with it. Another reason is that employees at work may have inadequate role models. They simply don't know what constitutes good behavior in many cases, because they haven't seen the opposite practice. And in the worst-case scenario, they've seen bad behavior rewarded at work. So at the corporate level, I think there might also be a lack of policy to guide employee actions as to what's appropriate. Oh, lack of policy? Oh, goodness. Dr. Hinman. I've always said that your worst nightmare is a smart sociopath. And I can say that, that from my experience, most of the bullying that I have encountered has been under that category. The reason it exists and the reason that it continues to exist is that often the bully is the rainmaker, the most prized worker at the place, or someone that the company perceives that they cannot do without. So they put up with the bad behavior because the person delivers results. And after all, that's why people are in business. And it's not until they suffer a consequence like a series of star performers that leave the bully that they start to wake up and realize that even though that person is making them a lot of money, they can't afford to keep them. Oh, that's very interesting. Uh, 
let me ask you, uh, my uh, distinguished guest, a question. Do you think Bobby Knight was a bully, the, the former coach of uh, Indiana University? Do you think he, he fits the typical profile of a bully? Yeah, I, I, I think the videos that we've seen of his behavior would be uh, you know, examples of an almost uber-bully. But uh, he survived, as uh, the prior speaker just said, because they were successful up to a point. And therefore, the organization was willing to tolerate that type of behavior. Yes. Okay. Dr. Gilbert, what do you think? Well, I think organizational culture has a lot to do with whether bullying is tolerated or not. I think in general, if there's a winner-take-all mentality and ends justify the means, I think you're going to see unseemly behavior at work. However, on the flip side, if the company has values in place that are enacted from the top and models from the top, and if there are consequences for bad behavior, I think that behavior will cease to exist or those people who are behaving in that fashion will self-select out of the firm. Uh, interesting. Dr. Hemmen, uh, tell us what you think about the, do you think Bobby Knight fits the profile of a bully or used to fit the profile of a bully? Well, I don't know. Uh, certainly, the, as um, the prior speaker said, that when we see a tantrum and we see the screaming, as we did in the video, it's very easy to come to the conclusion that that person's a bully. But we don't know day-to-day how he behaved. Uh, he got results, and that's a theme that we're all agreeing on, that when people get results, we put up with bad behavior for a long period of time. But we can't assume that just because somebody has a temper tantrum once in a while that across the board that person has a personality disorder or is a bully. That's uh, interesting that you brought that up because uh, it goes back to what I was talking about in a monologue earlier about uh, can a victim or someone that says they experienced bully, could they have a selective perception about that person's behavior if that was on a particular day that doesn't necessarily uh, constitute bullying? What do you say about that, Dr. Cadden? Yeah, no, I think that's, and that's one of the issues that makes the uh, uh, attempt at legislating bullying. You know, there's been 24 states that have attempted to have some legislation with regard to workplace bullying, and none of them have gotten through. It's very difficult to really define it, and also an issue of the perception. Uh, as you pointed out, if someone comes in one day and doesn't speak to you, is that an instance of bullying? It has to be much more of a consistent pattern of really definitive actions that one could point to and document uh, in order to be able to have the organization even hope to do something about it. Interesting. Dr. Gilbert, what do you say about that? Well, I know that companies are committed to customer service. However, there are two sets of customers. There are the external customers, and also there are the customers within their own walls, their internal constituency. Right. So I think people are going to be more productive when they don't have to watch their backs, when they're not um, using this mental real estate to worry and anticipate what's going to happen or how the bully is going to sabotage them on any given day. Interesting. Dr. Hammond, what do you have to say about it? Well, I think Dr. Cadden put his finger on the pulse of this. It has to be a pattern of behavior, not an instance. We all have bad days. Sometimes we're not feeling good or we're preoccupied, so we don't greet somebody. That's not bullying. That's having a bad day. And that's the reason it is so difficult to legislate this. And I don't think the answer lies in legislation necessarily. It lies in recognizing the behavior before it does damage to your organization so that decision makers can weed out the problem, even though they are 
experience the success of that person in the short run. Interesting. I have to ask uh, you guys this. Have you uh, ever personally experienced bullying in your career, and how did you handle it? Dr. Cadden. Um, yeah, I would say that you, I, I, I've had experience with it, and then the question becomes, how does one deal with it? And some of the interesting studies indicate that 85% of those people who said they experienced workplace bullying and went to HR uh, found that the situation became worse. And again, I go back to the argument that it ties in with organizational culture and the extent to which the organization is willing to tolerate particular types of behavior. I mean, if you take a look at General Patton, he uh, was on the carpet twice for what would be called classic bullying behavior, even in the context of the military. Yet he was an effective commander and therefore allowed to uh, maintain his command. Interesting. Dr. Gilbert. Have you experienced any bullying in your career? Well, I think in the correct environment, people are willing to change things for the better and oppose activities they see as unfair. And I've taken the tack of trying to educate the next generation. For example, I've taken student groups into a high school to present to freshmen on five different topics of bullying, mobbing, stalking, cyberbullying, corporate bullying, um, bullying in the school system. So I've tried to do that, and this last semester I took two student groups into a large corporation, a multinational corporation, and they presented their version of a civility policy. So I think the key is really education and letting people know what constitutes bad behavior and what should they be doing about it, how should they proactively try to circumvent this and to create a more positive culture for all their employees. I see, I see. Uh, Dr. Hammond, uh, have you ever experienced bullying in your career, and how did yeah. you handle it? I have twice, and I did exactly what I tell other people to do. I got away from it. If you are a, an effective performer, if you're a star performer, take your talent someplace else. Do not put up with bullying behavior because you will not change it. And you can create a culture, as Dr. Gilbert said, where you don't tolerate guilt, uh, the bullying, but you're not going to change a bully, because somebody who is that progressed in bullying behavior usually has a personality disorder, and that is resistant to change, even with therapy and drugs. So what are the chances really? of a coworker? Yeah, it, it's just a very resistant sort of syndrome. And so get away from it. I, when I talk about it, I talk about snakes. And you don't approach a snake and negotiate. You run. You run in the opposite direction, and that's what your listeners should do. Thank you. That's very interesting. Would you uh, characterize bullies, my guess, would you characterize bullies as psychopaths at the workplace? Would, would, would that be a fair assessment, Dr. Arcadden? There was a, a recent book, the author escapes me, and he's taking a look at the prevalence of psychopathic behavior. And again, that's a continuum. So you, you can have psychopathic characteristics. And he found something in the neighborhood of like, 60% of top-level managers and organizations manifest some form of psychopathic behavior. And I think he uses um, Al Chainsaw Dunlap, who was one of these turnaround managers who oh, finally, yes. <laughs> finally met his Waterloo at Sunbeam. And, you know, there was an article about him in Business Week, and it just excoriated his behavior, and it, it tied in perfectly with what we're talking about in terms of being a bully. And I guess at some point he interviewed him, 
and his wife said how often Al discussed how curious he was about eating human flesh. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> really? So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, perhaps there are character, psychopathic characteristics that might enable one to succeed in some level in organizations. And again, it depends upon the type of organization. And it, again, it depends upon the level of that type of behavior. Beyond which, as uh, my colleagues have brought out, you go beyond the pale. Either the organization reigns you in or everyone around you deserts you. So, yeah, I think that there, there are issues in terms of people manifesting quasi-psychopathic uh, behavior. But in the long run, a true psychopath eventually does themselves in. Oh, interesting. Dr. Gilbert, uh, would you concur with that? Well, I think bullying is a phenomenon that occurs in environments where people feel they don't need to self-censor. So I think it's a combination of two things, the personality of an individual and the environment in which they find themselves. So insecure individuals in a company that tolerates undercutting are going to behave badly. So I think corrupt tendencies can multiply in structures that encourage their practice. And you mentioned mobbing or gang bullying, when people jump on the bandwagon of the offender. What I've noticed is that in these cultures where there isn't a lot of pushback, um, people will remain silent when they see bullying, or they even may engage in the bullying themselves to achieve the protection of what they perceive as a powerful person. So in academic research, the social learning theory suggests that people take their cues from their peers within the workplace. Interesting, interesting. Dr. Hemmond, would you uh, agree with the uh, other guests that uh, uh, bullying tends to be a psychopathic behavior? What do you think? Well, I agree with Dr. Caden that um, it is a continuum, that if when the DSM-5 is not going to have narcissism as a personality disorder when it is released, if I understand the current uh, model. However, previously there were nine criteria, and if you met seven of them, then you would receive a diagnosis of narcissism, which is psychopathology. However, if you look at most successful men, they're going to have four or five of these. They would be considered self-absorbed, perhaps, or too demanding, perhaps. Taken to an extreme, those can be bullies. That can be bullying uh, if you're so self-absorbed that you're non-empathic, for example. I disagree somewhat with Dr. Gilbert in the role of the culture. It has been my experience that the people who are, say, eight or nine on the narcissism scale, they won't exist in a culture that puts up with their bad behaviors, so they leave and take their narcissism to a place that, where it will match better. So controlling the culture will not help you control the narcissistic behavior, but it will help you weed them out. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I don't know how close we are to our next segment, but uh, I want to ask you the, this. Do you think uh, workplace bullying leads to workplace violence? What do you think, Dr. Cadden? Um. I, I, that, that's a good question. I think that perhaps in some instances uh, it does, but I, I think some, there's an actual workplace bullying institute, and they characterize some of the victims, and some of the victims tend to be the technically more skilled, even socially accepted uh, individuals. And I think that what occurs is a bully can beat them up to some extent, 
because one of the other characteristics is they tend uh, bu- uh, the victims of bullying tend to be non aggressive. So I, I think it would have to be an extreme case of a consistent long term bullying before it caused someone to snap. Uh, I see. Uh, guys, we gotta uh, go on to our third segment. So uh I'll uh, we'll come back and uh we'll pick up on this uh question is workplace bullying lead to uh workplace violence. This is a uh, game on business talk. We'll be right back. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. All righty. Awesome. We're back. This is uh, Game on Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles. And uh, we want to pick up on the uh, last segment. And we'll uh, start off with Dr. Gilbert. Uh, Dr. Gilbert, I want to pick up on Dr. Cadden's statement. Do you think uh, workplace bullying can possibly lead to workplace violence? I think it's more psychological warfare. Uh, for example, a bully is more likely to be aggressive 
when they don't anticipate pushback from another person. Really? And typically, yeah, the target is someone, uh, if there's someone who will stand their ground, if they have a powerful system of backup, I think the bully is going to choose someone who's easier to denigrate. The problem is when people stick up for those they see as bullied, they themselves may end up being a target. Oh, goodness. Dr. Hemond, uh, do, you, do you agree with that? Do you think workplace violence can possibly lead to, I'm sorry, workplace bullying lead to work, workplace violence? Well, it can possibly lead to anything, but I don't think it's very likely. Violence is a whole different syndrome, and I don't have a violent bone in my body. If you bullied me, I would just get away from you, and I think that's what most people would do, given a choice. I think the, the uh, real question is, what other fallout is there? from the bullying and we have to remember that bullying is driven by insecurity during the break we talked about people having a godlike complex and that's the way we perceive the yes. bully arrogance but what's driving it is insecurity so they pick on people who would tend not to get violent they will pick on the person who will respond to their aggressive behavior interesting interesting so uh, you would all agree that bullies are insecure people is that right from what I'm hearing from you Dr. Cadden yeah, I, I there was there was a Robert Anton Wilson who was an author once said that the response is that all human beings are insecure, and one is you acquiesce to your insecurities and you take stuff, and the other approach is if I can make you feel more insecure about yourself, I'll feel better about myself, and that may be the manifestation of of bullying. That if if I can degrade and demean you, somehow I enhance my own sense of self-worth. Interesting, interesting. What do you think, Dr. Gilbert? Do you think bullies uh, tend to be insecure? Well, certainly. Uh, they're insecure individuals who are placed in a company that tolerates undercutting. And it's a flip side from what Daniel Goldman refers to as EQ, or emotional intelligence. Um, oh, yes. Reading people accurately, expressing yourself in a tactful fashion. Often people respect instead of waiting until others push back. And I think the most virulent type of bully is one is unashamed to make colleagues look bad in the public forum. Oh, the worst yes. case scenario, as you mentioned, the mobbing, the bully has backup. And these are minions who will chime in and then denigrate the target in response to the lead bully's too. Wow, unbelievable. Dr. Hamlin, what do you think? I think that they are insecure, but we don't perceive it. But the reason is they're very secure about something. For example, uh, Dr. Cadden said during the break, fighter pilots and surgeons. So a fighter pilot may be very secure about his ability to dogfight, for example, or do air-to-air -air, uh, combat or whatever the skill set that he's very confident about, but perceive himself as a less-than-worthy man. So his insecurity about not feeling comfortable with himself creates the bullying behavior. Similarly, a surgeon may be renowned for being the person who can save your life in this instance. And so that that person exaggerates that, and that's what we perceive as the arrogance. But really, that person feels very insecure about himself as a human being. Interesting. I had, I had a very interesting question for you. Do you think uh, there's a profile for victims in, uh, in the uh, course of uh, workplace bullying. Uh, Dr. Cadden, what do you think? Is there a profile for a victim? Do they split well, a certain profile? I had alluded to earlier the uh, Workplace Bullying Institute, and they do a number of studies. 
Yes. And they came up with characteristics of victims, and they said that they tend to have technical skills. They tend to uh, actually be quite social and have support networks. Uh, some of the self-reported issues of why people become um, are bullied are that they're a little too independent in terms of their action, that uh, they have a certain political naivete. Mm-hmm. Again, self-reported technical skill, people come to them for assistance. Uh, they, they are the go-to expert. And again, the other issue is that uh, the self-reported uh, victims tend to say that they perceive themselves as being ethical. Therefore, they don't go along with certain organizational activities. So they tend to be um, honest, and they tell people what they actually feel. Interesting. Dr. Gilbert, what do you think? I think it's a function of motive, which I think more often than not is fueled by jealousy. I think the bullied individuals tend to be uh, both good at their job and also less likely to be confrontational in a heated exchange. So bullies really? are more likely to be aggressive to someone from whom she or he or she does not anticipate pushback. So, so the target is a person who will stand their ground. The bully will move on to someone else. Oh, so you say, you say that uh, bullies tend to selectively pick victims? Is that what you're saying, Dr. Gilbert? Is that correct? Yes, I think if someone is more likely to push back against them, then a bully will move on to an easier target. Interesting. Dr. Hemden, what do you think about that? Well, I agree with Dr. Gilbert that um, the push, person who pushes back is the least likely to receive the bullying. Uh, however, I'd like to introduce another term, and that's the target. You can be a target without being a victim. For example, in oh. the last company when I left the business owner, he targeted everybody. He was just a bully across the board. But the people who received more of the bullying and became what I would call victims are the ones who put up with it longer and didn't push back. And then, uh, as I said, when I was in a position to, I left, and the people that I would characterize as victims stayed. Interesting. I want to ask you, uh, my guest, this question. Have any of you ever seen the movie uh, Horrible Bosses? Have you seen that film? Oh, yeah. Yes, I oh. have. Okay. I want to ask you, because uh, what I noticed about the film, there are three scenarios that, that uh, they were dealing with bad bosses, and they're all different in a un- uh, unique way. One was more, I guess, overt. One was more uh, indirect. The other one was more uh, sadistic. Dr. Cadden, do you think uh, uh, the movie Horrible Bosses characterized bullying in the workplace? They gave it a fair assessment. What do you think about that? I, I think in certain instances it did with certain characters. I, I think that the, the Jennifer Aniston character where you have the sexually aggressive female boss is more a product of a male fantasy. Um, <laughs> the, the studies uh, tend to indicate that although the vast majority of bullies are men, when women bully, about 80% of the times it's uh, bullying other women. Now, really? I, uh, that's that's one statistic that I had come across, but I, I I think probably the case of the corporate bully was perhaps in that film the closest to reality. Interesting, Doctor Gilbert. What would you say about Horrible Bosses? Do you think it characterized bullying? Gave it a somewhat of an accurate assessment of uh, or portrayed it uh, accurately? What do you think? I've only seen a few minutes of the film, so I'm not sure I can really speak to, to what happened. Is that I can say if a manager 
is receptive to things like gossip, or if they do nothing in response to bad behavior, then you're going to see a perpetuation. And I heard a manager describe his um, attitude to his employees like this. He said, you can say anything to me as long as it's respectful and not necessarily uh, just things that stoke my ego. So I thought that oh, was a great, a great way to approach his employees. <laughs> Dr. Hemmen, what do you think about uh, the film Horrible Bosses? Do you think it uh, characterizes uh, bullying in the workplace accurately? What do you think? Well, I don't remember if I've seen the movie, but based on the comments of my colleagues on this call, I would say we really need to make a distinction between bad bosses and bullies because not all, all bullies are bad bosses, but not all bad bosses are bullies. Some people just don't know how to manage other people. They're just ineffective. And so we need to put them in a different category and, and say that these bad bosses we're talking about are bullies. Interesting. Uh, I want to ask you uh, guys, I want to ask you this. Why does the bystander dynamic happen in the, in the course of workplace bullying? Why does that happen, Dr. Catton? Well, I mean, it's the equivalent of rubbernecking an accident. Uh, uh-huh. But what I, what I think is that it, there's now getting some more evidence that even witnesses of bullying – uh, suffer some form of dysfunctional consequence. There's a really? study in Sweden indicating that uh, beyond employee morale, actual performance of witnesses who see a consistent pattern of bullying uh, affect their productivity. And I guess the study indicates that about 15% of uh, those surveyed indicate that they have been witnesses, whereas 35% of those surveyed uh, view themselves as being victims of some form of bullying. So I think what occurs is you begin to see that an organization is tolerating this type of behavior. Uh, it becomes to some extent, you know, a question of I have to go along in order to get along, but that depresses people, and that, that's where you get the decline in productivity. Interesting. Dr. Gilbert, what, uh, what do you think about that? Do you think the bystander and dynamic, uh, is, it, does that, is that a problem as well as the bully? What would you say about that? Well, certainly, because depending on your rank, individuals may be very reluctant to go against someone they perceive as an individual who can potentially hurt them, and not necessarily physically, but certainly career-wise and psychologically. And I think this happens because managers may, in some cases, just consider bullying a trivial problem. They don't address it when they see it, and they may not recognize that it can be a hugely destructive force. But I think interaction among people is where uh, the rubber meets the road. Those who make the product are, in many times, your most important customers. So in cultures that don't care, the managerial inertia is going to be fueling this phenomenon. Interesting. Dr. Hemmen, well, what do you think about that? Do you think uh, the bystander is just as much the problem as the bully? What do you think? Not just as much a problem, but certainly part of the problem, and, the, and they're driven by fear. We, we should recognize that fear is a very prominent emotion in most of our behavior, or much of our behavior anyway. Several years ago, I visited Dachau, which was a concentration camp outside of Munich, and one of the things oh, that struck me was that the farms of the surrounding farmers came literally up to the fence of the concentration camp. Those farmers had to have known what was going on there. And yet they kept quiet and they allowed it. So why? Are they were they terrible people? Well I doubt they were any more terrible than most people in most countries would be. It's fear. If I speak up, 
I will be the next victim and the person put in this concentration camp. And I think that's a kind of metaphor. I mean, Hitler's one of the all-time most effective bullies in terms of reaching his goals that we can think of in modern times. Uh, that's what's happening with, with the uh, bullies in the workplaces. They establish a culture of fear, or, and fear inter- interferes with talent and the manifestation of talent and ultimately productivity. Interesting. Uh, I want to piggyback on what uh, Dr. Hemmings said. Do you think bullies tend to be fearless, Dr. Catton? No, I don't. Um, there's, do they fear anything? Do they, yes, they do. I think uh, quite often you'll find a bully characterized by a kiss-up, kick-down type of behavior. Yes. So they'll, they will take a look at their supervisors. They will try to perform in a way to uh, please them to acquiesce to their interests, and then they take out their frustrations on subordinates. So, yes, I do think bullies have fear. Uh, I agree with my colleagues that quite often it's best to immediately create a dynamic where you indicate you're not going to tolerate the behavior, but that may not work in all cases, given the power differential in some uh, relationships. Interesting. Dr. Gilbert, uh, in your research, do you think uh, you come across uh, bullies you think they have fear of anything? What do you think? I think they'll fold it to challenge. And, again, it has a lot to do with circumstances. People do what's rewarded, and they're more likely to pay attention if it hits them in the pocketbook. So, for example, uh, are they being rewarded for developing their peers or for covertly undercutting their colleagues? And I think the appraisal system is something managers need to revisit if they're truly going to fix this problem. Interesting. Dr. Hemant, uh, uh, what do you think about bullies? you think bullies have fear or have a level of fear or they tend to be fearless? What do you think? They have an enormous fear of loss of control. It's very exaggerated that more than anything, they fear that they will not have dominance or control. And that is why it doesn't usually work to go at them head on because they have to control. You have to be more subtle in your attempts to control a bully. You have to stand up to them, as we've already said, and not let them get away with it. But if you try, if you go head-to-head with them and you challenge them that you'll, on their uh, biggest fear, then you're going to see the manifestation of it, and you won't like it. Interesting, interesting. Uh, uh, we're coming down to the end of our show, and I just want to ask you guys if you can give me one statement. Uh, where do you see the uh, workplace in the future in terms of dealing with bullying? What do you see on that, on the horizon? Dr. Catton. Well, I, I think the greater awareness of bullying at the K-12 system may have an impact by uh, developing a culture that doesn't accept bullying at that level, although I think it still will exist. I think it still will exist in organizations. I think the fact that 24% of those people polled really don't want legislation against workplace bullying doesn't bode that it will disappear in any foreseeable time. Interesting. Dr. Gilbert? I think companies need to look at their underlying values. Do the values and the mission statement promote dignity and respect? In the company itself, are the stories of employees being kind to one another? Is that part of the company's folklore? And does training only address technical skills, or does the company also look at behavioral training as well? So all of these things, I think, need to be revisited by companies who truly want to make an impact and not just have window dressing in terms of one or two training sessions. I think it's a more fundamental type of shift. 
Interesting. Uh, Dr. Hemming, what do you think? What do you see on the horizon for uh, dealing with workplace bullying uh, in the workplace, in the organizations? What do you see on the horizon? The stock market controlling this. As the stock market goes up, our tolerance of bad behavior goes down. So when people have an option, the star performers will go to an organization where the culture demands good treatment, and they won't put up with the bullying. So for the last four years, people have been afraid to leave their jobs. There has been no, virtually no mobility among star performers in any given industry. That is changing right now as we speak. I didn't hear the news yesterday where the stock market was, but we're seeing an uptick. And I'm telling you, what we're going to see is the star performers won't put up with bullying. They will go someplace else. All righty. Goodness. I want to thank you guys today for being on my show. We had a really great show. And I want to thank each of you, uh, Dr. David Cadden, Dr. Jackie Gilbert, and Dr. Lena Henman. Thank you so much for being a part of our show today, and I definitely want, want, want to do a follow-up show with you. All righty. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. thank you, Miles. Thank you so much. All right, here's our quote for the week. Rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget rule number one. By yours truly, Warren Buffett. All right, I'm out of here. Thank you so much for joining Game on Business Talk. I'm DeAnthony Miles. We will see you next week. Thank you again for listening to Game On Business Talk Radio. Please join your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles, again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll engage in more unique and exciting discussion topics then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com.